Do you know that one in three women is a victim of gender-based violence? Say no to gender-based violence. Use your might to speak against gender-based violence. Use your platform to speak against gender-based violence. No to gender-based violence. Hello. Hello. Did you hear that? Yes, you did. Welcome to Vents and Talks, a place where we discuss people, trends, and society as we live in. Yeah, sometimes we talk, we keep it cool, and sometimes we vent it out. I'm your host, Solace Ojotli. Welcome to another episode of Vent and Talks. And yes, we have another interesting topic for you on the show. The topic is domestic violence in our society, domestic violence in Nigeria, and the role of government in combating domestic violence or gender-based violence. So yes, that's the topic we are going to discuss. First of all, I want to vent. I really want to vent on abusive partners. I want to vent on husbands who beat their wives. Now, this topic is coming after um, an incident that happened about a few weeks ago. A woman came on social media about a few weeks ago to narrate her domestic violence experience. She made a video. She called out her husband who was working with Channel TV. Um, in the video, she said the husband has been molesting her for almost six years. And... Um, he, she told the husband on that particular day that she, he should cut down on spendings and expenditures because they now have kids. So she told her husband to be mindful of the way he spent. And that was how the husband beat her up. Um, the beating was actually four weeks after she gave birth. And in the video, she recounted that her husband has been molesting her, has been beating her up for six years, and that the husband even sat on her incisor. Yes, the wound that they operated at the place they did her CS when she gave birth about four weeks ago, that the husband sat on her incisor, and of course, there were so many injuries on her, when she was making the video so she made the video and posted it on social media and it went viral a few days after the incident the Benue state governor of course the woman and the husband live in Benue state few weeks after we saw that the Benue state governor has called them and has um, settled the husband and wife and let's take a look at the role of government in combating gender-based violence in Nigeria in 2015, there's a law that is called the VAP Act that was passed, a bill that was passed into law in 2015. It's called the VAP Act. Now, this law is a law that covers everything about gender-based violence. Um, violence on rape, violence on sexual molestation, violence on physical abuse, violence on um even emotional abuse now this vap act covers um gender-based violence violence against persons prohibition act is an act to eliminate violence in private and public life prohibits all forms of violence against persons and to provide maximum protections and effective remedies for victims and punishment for offenders 
and for all related matters. Underline punishment for offenders and for all related matters. So yes, apparently in Nigeria, there is a VAP Act that it's meant to protect victims of gender-based violence and it's meant to punish offenders of offenders or perpetrators of gender-based violence. Now let's take a look at what the law stipulates. Let's take a look at what law stipulates when it comes to offenders and punishments for offenders of gender-based violence, especially as it comes to physical combat or domestic abuse, domestic violence. According to the VAP Act, according to the law, a person who willfully causes, inflicts physical injury or another person by means of any weapon, substance, or object commits an offense and is liable on conviction to a term of imprisonment not exceeding five years or a fine not exceeding 100,000 or both. The law also states that a person who attempts to commit the act, so yes, there's even um, a law for a person who attempts to commit the act that has not even committed the act. <laughs> Can you guys understand? A person who attempts to commit the acts of violence provided for in subsection 1 of this section commits an offense and is liable on conviction to a term of imprisonment not exceeding three years or to a fine not exceeding 200,000 or both. The law also has a punishment for someone who aids and abets um, violence. A person who incites, aids, abets, or counsels another person to commit the acts of violence provided for in subsection 1 of this constitution, in subsection 1 of this section, commits an offense and is liable on conviction to a term of imprisonment not exceeding 3 years or to a fine not exceeding 200,000 or both. A person who receives or assists another who, to his knowledge, commits an offense under subsection 1 of this section is, is an accessory after the fact and is liable on conviction to a term of imprisonment not exceeding 3 years or to a fine not exceeding 200,000. The law also states that the courts may also award appropriate compensation to the victim as it may deem fit. The governor of Benue State who represents the government chose to reconcile husband and wife who has been battering each other for six years. Well, let me not say batter each other. Choose to reconcile a husband and wife, a wife whose husband has been beating her for six years, a wife whose husband sat on her in seizure, who sits on someone in seizure if the person is not willing to kill. Should we treat violence issue very 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 seriously because a murder has not happened because someone has not died should we wait till they kill each other before the government takes action now this law stipulates that this man who committed this crime is liable to have three years of imprisonment this same government that made this law, the same government that made the law, 
chose to reconcile husband and wife. This man did not even spend one day in jail. This man did not even spend one night in jail. This man wasn't taken to a psychiatric home to even check if his mental health is okay, if his sense is okay. If he's not a mad person, he wasn't. This person that has battered this woman for six years, who wanted to kill this woman, was reconciled with the husband. Now, the gov, like I said, the governor of Benue State is not a village elder. Ah, even states have the power to make laws in Nigeria. And the VAP Act also was enacted, was passed into law in Benue State. The governor who's supposed to be the first person that will make sure that its citizens abide by the law chose to break the law. So apparently, we have laws in Nigeria that are just written in notes and papers and they are not being practiced. Now, when issues of domestic violence turn into murder, we are quick to take them to court because it's murder. But because it's not murder yet, they decide to take it very, very unseriously. Should we wait that death should occur before we take action? The governor is not supposed to reconcile this husband and wife. The, the governor is supposed to make this man a scapegoat for others. Why? Because we have women who have no access to internet. We have women who are not educated to call out their husband on the social media. We have women in villages and communities who are dying every day as a result of husband battering. Some, their deaths were covered and we didn't even know the cost of their death because the husband succeeded in covering it. Some died and they'll say she, she slept and didn't wake up. Some died and they'll say, oh, she fell from the stair. Some died as a result of beating, husband killing their wives, and we didn't even know the real cost of their death. And of course, in Nigeria, there's nothing like autopsy. You died, you die, and they bury you like that. Nobody wants to know the cause of your death. In this same country, there's a law that's supposed to protect victims of domestic violence. But in this same country, the governor who's supposed to be the number one citizen who will abide by the law, chose to reconcile husband and wife. If this woman who had in access to internet was able to call out her husband, what happens to the women in local villages, in rural areas who have no access to internet? I believe that if this man was meant to face the law, others will learn. The power of gender-based violence perpetrators, the power of domestic violence perpetrators is being dependent on the fact that they are not being punished for their sins. Nobody punishes them. They tell the, husband, the wife to forgive and they move on or they tell the husband to forgive and they continue to live together. No one punishes them. And that is why the statistics keep increasing every day. Nobody punishes them. If people get punished for their sin, so many people will stop. They'll look for other ways to resolve their issues rather than combat or beat another person or batter another person. They look for other ways to resolve their issues. But because they are not being punished, because they are not being punished, they decide to continue this. I believe that if this man was used as a scapegoat, if this man was meant to face the law, 
if this man was meant to face the law, other perpetrators of gender-based violence, other men who battered their wife, other spouses, other spouses who battered their wife will learn from this. But the governor chose to be a reconciler than someone who will abide by the law to protect a citizen. So many persons were quick to say that people who were agitating that this man should face the law are championing divorce in the society. But no, that's not correct. Some people say, yes, why should you say the man should face the law? The, the children are going to suffer. The children are going to miss their dad. Their children are going to be separated with their, with their dad. Please, do you advise that children witness this kind of scenes in the home? Domestic violence, domestic violence affects the psychology of the kids too. And children are not meant to be brought up in that kind of environment. Children are not meant to be brought up in that kind of surrounding where they get to see mama and papa quarrel and fight every damn day. It's not even good for the health of the kids. Now, the kid's brain is as plain as anything. And wherever they grow up to learn, that's what sticks to them. So when you raise kids in that kind of environment, they grow up to pick these things as norms. And the cases and victims, and of course, perpetrators keeps expanding. We have more crime committers, more domestic violent people, we have more, at the end of the day, we have more violent people in our society because even from um, younger age, they have grown up to adopt, they have grown up to see these ugly scenes. And of course, they grow with it and they think it's normal. So yes, it's not even good for the health of the kids. This man was not meant to face the law. This man was reconciled with his wife. The governor chose to reconcile this man with his wife without any outer of punishment, without any outer of consequence for his actions. <laughs> the funny thing is, even when they were still settling them, the woman was carrying the wound, the injury on her face. She was carrying this scar on her face. I know so many of you will say she has the right to say no, but these circumstances gave her no option to say no. Yes, you there. Imagine that the state governor, your own state governor, called you. A state governor that you've not met, that so many people clamor to meet, called you and said, come and reconcile with you. Is there a space for you to say no? If that woman say, if that woman say no, they'll be like, who is she that the governor is talking to and she don't want to accept? She's stubborn or she's this. And so many names will be given to her. So yes, in that kind of circumstances where the governor came in, there was no room for her to say no. There was no room for her to say she doesn't want to reconcile. Because the governor already stepped in, there was no room for her. She was silenced. There was no room for her to say no. Because, of course, the governor is a very reputable person, the number one citizen of the state, and the person is calling you to reconcile with your husband. And, of course, if you say no, in fact, there's no room for her to say no because it's the governor. But why did the governor choose to step in in that kind of way if there's a law that is meant to protect this citizen? 
So when our government treats the issue of gender-based violence, they should remember the statistics. When they treat it so carelessly, they should remember the statistics that one in three women in their lifetime has experienced gender-based violence. So let's stop taking the issue of violence for levity. The government should learn to take this seriously because it affects, it involves the life of people. Because it involves the life of its citizen. The government should make sure that perpetrators face the law, face the consequences for their crime. And this will stop. It will stop others who learn their lesson. They will learn their lessons and this will stop. Let's not be quick to bring emotions to the cases of gender-based violence and say, oh, champion peace, champion peace. If any one of these people die, it is no longer champion peace. Death has occurred. And even if the case is going to go to court and the court is going to, and the court is going to sentence the other party to death, a life has been lost already. If it results to death, the parent cannot have another child that will be like that person that died. The family relatives cannot have another person like the person that died. The kids cannot have any other person like their mother who died or like their father who died. So let's not wait till it results to death before we take actions. Let's start taking actions even when it has not resulted to death. And taking actions means serving justice and punishing perpetrators of gender-based violence. Take the issues of gender-based violence seriously. And of course, apart from the government's role, we all have a role too. Talk about it on your social media platform. Create awareness on gender-based violence. Uh, report a violence incident that happened in your neighborhood, in your society, in your community. Don't keep quiet about it. Don't say it's a family affair. Report it. Report it. Let somebody know about it. And victims of gender-based violence, speak up and speak out. Speak out so people get to hear what's happening with you. We saw a case um, this year about an American pastor who shot the wife. And after the wife died, after the incident occurred, there was a video that circulated social media that was captured when the woman was still alive and they were having one or two issues and the man promised that he was going to kill the woman. And of course, the, the, they kept quiet about it till it resulted to death. So let's not take issues of violence for levity. Let's not take it for granted until death occurs. Let's not wait till death occurs. Let's value human lives. Government should take issues of gender-based violence seriously because one in three women is involved in this. You hear people talking about gender-based violence and attention is being shifted to women. It is because women constitute a larger percentage. One in three women has experienced gender-based violence in their lifetime. One in three. So yes, when you pick one, two, three women, one person would have experienced one form of gender-based violence or the other. Either rape, either child sexual molestation, either trafficking, either female genital mutilation. One in three women would have, would have experienced one of gender-based violence. Gender-based violence is very wrong and we should all speak against it. We should all use our platforms to speak against it. Use your might 
to speak against it. My name is Solisa Jotile and I am your favorite host on Vents and Talks. Till we meet on another episode, do take care of yourself and have a lovely day. Bye-bye!